a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are reviewing everything that happened in week seven. And we are also previewing everything that will happen in week eight of the 2021 college football season. Um, scheduling issues have had us, you know, have to do this combined episode like we did last week. And that's OK. Um, we will talk about the Gator game against LSU. Um, we will. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. Me too. We will go through the notable games. Uh, we'll mention the AP top 25. And then we'll go into five wide and two point for next week because there is no Florida game. Next week, there is a bye week, so we don't have to preview anything Gators related for Aren't next week. Aren't y'all lucky? You don't have to hear about us talk about Florida that much. <laughs> I don't I don't know, Tyler. I heard the Gators are only like a three-point favorite against the bye, so we're going to have to see if uh, if it works out. It's all about well. what quarterback starts. <laughs> we'll save that for next week, Tyler. We will save that discussion for next week. Um, we will actually be starting with quick hits because there are some quick hits this week. Um, three massive pieces of news in college football happened since the last time we recorded. We'll start off with the fact that Coach O, no longer the head football coach at Louisiana State University. Which is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because he is finishing out the season, but like they mm-hmm. have agreed that he will not be the coach at the end of the season. And when you find out that that all was, came to an agreement after the Kentucky game, before the Florida game, it makes the Florida game even more baffling. But um, yeah, it's from my understanding what I've read. Like there are on the field performance issues involved, but mm-hmm. actually the main reason he's being let go it has to do with off the field concerns. Well, one oh, we, yeah. we have stated on this podcast that we he has mishandled sexual assault cases left and right. Like we have mm-hmm. called, for and it's pretty sad things. that we have to say sexual assault cases plural. Oh, yeah. um, because it means thing. that he was given multiple opportunities um, to rectify, and clearly he did not. But uh, evidently, the reason is that like he tried to use his position as the head football coach of Louisiana State University um, to how do I say this on our non-explicit podcast? I'll do it. Okay. Uh, I'll bleep it out. Okay. C- coach O and his hoes were out there. <laughs> His girlfriends, um, he was bringing them around the facility a bit too much. There were reports that the children of these girls that he was dating um, were participating in team drills. And I've never I haven't gotten clarification if it's like little kids, like if, if that means like little kids are running on like a tackling dummy or if it's like, no, my 16 year old is going to be playing head up with a LSU defensive lineman. I don't know which one it is, 
I'm going to choose to believe that it's the little kids running on the tackling dummies. That's innocent enough. Like exactly. That is not jeopardizing the health of a 16 year old going up against a 21 year old grown man um, that plays in the SEC. So I'm going to choose the the former of those two analogies. Additionally, like there's a report that he tried to hit on a woman at a gas station that ended up being the married pregnant wife of an LSU administrative official. Like, yeah, don't 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 do that don't one. Coach. Do that. I think it's important to note, by the way, um, that Coach O is a single man. Um, he wow. he's this isn't right. Exactly. He and his wife got a divorce, I think, shortly after the national championship game. So it's not um in 2019 so it's not like you know he was wiling and he was there was also a wife involved no no he was a single he was just a wiling out single man um who was mixing work and work life and home life a little bit too much i guess i suppose um i suppose on top of that he has not had a great last two seasons the last one and a half seasons it's lsu he won a national championship with them amazing this he's some gene chiswick level stuff happened here like <laughs> and he's gone in a season and a half because lsu after that national championship has looked like a shell of itself mm-hmm. and the first season it was kind of okay because it was such a stacked everybody in this one year national championship like so many players were upperclassmen that were only going to be there all the coordinators left it was it was a full clean house afterwards so I, you got why they looked like a shell of themselves the next year. They've not looked any better this year. Is the mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I kind of want to. I kind of want to cut him a little bit of slack. Not only he lost so many people, but COVID happened, and there were a lot of situations that weren't going right. And it's not the best. But I think, coupled with the off the field stuff that we had, it's apparently been reported, and the fact that there are replacement candidates out there that look really potentially interesting and and the fact that pr wise they're in a bad situation with these sexual assault allegations and the fact that the darius guy situation and all that kind of stuff so i think it was time um we said i'm very proud of us on here on sideline judgment tyler for after um at the beginning of last season and everyone was like oh lsu will be fine and we said you don't lose that much productivity and then all of a sudden you're fine and we were proven correct um, I also think that I give him credit for kind of going the opposite way in terms of how to beat Bama. You're not going to out Bama Bama, all right? You're not going to establish a better long-term factory-style program than Nick mm-hmm. Saban in Alabama. So what do you do? You load up on one singular year. You can out-talent them one year. And after you do that, you're able to go off and you're able to, you know, win a, you win a title. Three, four years later. But like. Exactly. It's a different approach. But hey, listen, listen, I mean, you and I would both take a national championship any day of the week if yeah. we had to go through that situation. You know what I mean? I think sometimes people it's, – it's something that has happened also in the NFL because of the Patriots and um, is that people try to load up on um, – do people try to create dynasties because there are other dynasties that exist. However, I think that the smarter thing actually to do is load up on – championship run years like in the nfl create a window of three four years where you can try and like get a win or as in college college football try to build up your team to get to a win in one like one of every like couple of years and that happens a lot in college football but um i think that uh, coach at lsu perfected that but he also the pendulum swung way far in the other direction where it was so good that one year possibly the greatest college football team ever to very bad afterwards and it's it's very difficult to be able to keep that consistent um 
And the pe- listen, the pendulum's always going to swing the other way, right? You have one of the best mm-hmm. offenses in, in NCAA history. You're going to regress when you lose Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Joe Brady and all these people that helped them win that national title. So um, do you have any potential? I mean, I don't know why I'm asking this. Like, here's the real question I should there ask you, Tyler. Person. There is one person for this job. It is Billy Napier at Louisiana. So there is a report out there that says that Billy Napier has not gone and gotten in contact with the LSU administration sure. or search people. <laughs> My question to you yeah. is going to be how much of that do you believe? Right. But clearly you're on the same page as me. So sure, Mr. Mel Tucker, I haven't talked to Michigan State at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just no, love that we're both on, on that same Let's, page and we're both on, people. Like now, yeah. for some reason, Billy Napier honestly may not end up getting the job because there's another candidate that comes forth or the athletic director if I hire somebody else or who knows. But it's just almost too perfect. Billy mm-hmm. Napier turned down all of these SEC jobs. The only ones that could potentially open that are better are the LSU. And I'm just saying, it's not going to happen. But Florida would be up in there. I was um, wondering to see if you were going to mention a certain institution that we are uh, fond of. And it's 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 not without outside of the realm of possibility, but I, I genuinely don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's the type of job that would be one that he would go after. And like, but the real one is that Billy Napier State at Louisiana, where he has most of his team back, so they're really good this year. Mm-hmm. But they he turned down Auburn, he turned down Tennessee, turned down South Carolina. He's waiting for a bigger job, and the bigger jobs in that are the only one that's really probably going to open this cycle is LSU, one yeah. in the state that he's already in. So I just – it's just too perfect in my opinion. I can dream about a Billy Napier Florida team though, right? Yeah, absolutely. He hasn't been hired yet. <laughs> Listen, I know I know a job where Billy Napier isn't going to go and uh, that is Washington State because <laughs> that is also a new opening in uh, college football. Um, Nick Rolovich, the former coach at Washington State, effective immediately. It's not like LSU where Ole Miss is going to finish – Right, where he coach was going to put out a season. He was uh, fired at Wazoo um, for cause because he would not comply with the state mandate to get a vaccine. This is something that he knew at the beginning of the season. His staff knew at the beginning of the season. And now he is uh, threatening to sue Washington State for firing him without cause. Tyler, yeah, um, sure. we are not medical experts, but nope. um, just two quick words about uh, the Nick Rolovich situation. Me? Yes, if if you if you would be ever so kind, good sir. For two words. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we won't get into this, but just know um, Tyler no, no, and I, I are. Uh, I I'll, I'll, I mean, like, first of all, from an actual perspective, I do think that um, I do think that it is kind of deplorable that you know. Coaches ask their players to sacrifice so much for the team, all in the name of the team. And yet, when Nick Rolovich is asked to, first of all, sacrifice to get a vaccine is ridiculous because the vaccine saves lives. But but anyway, he is asked to sacrifice a minor personal belief um, for his team, and he refused to do it and is now trying to sue about it, even though this is a state mandate. On the flip side, I heard a really, saw a really funny thing on college football Reddit. That Give the, it to me. The government official who put the state mandate in effect is the University of Washington Huskies alum. Yes, <laughs> I adore that Top so much. Tier rivalry. I love this. I love the uh, the Wazoo Washington uh, secret 
sneaky, I can't believe this guy put him in place in order to do that, which honestly, if I was a Washington fan, I would do everything in my power to keep Nick Rolovich at Washington State I with mean, all the chaos. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's true. That is, uh, well, that I mean, is very Washington true. That is. is better than them this year, but uh, who knows mm-hmm. now? Um, very true. I mean, this, true. This, man, this man took Jaron Garantano as a quarterback transfer, so he obviously doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he willingly <laughs> took Jaron Garantano as a as He's a, not uh, even playing. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I mean, Nick Rolovich did he? There's a statewide mass, there's statewide vaccine mm-hmm. mandate for public officials. He is a public official, and he didn't yep. do it after having multiple chances to. So he got them consequences. Um, yep. Yep. Exactly. Consequences for Listen, actions. I, so. I respect people's ability to choose what to put in their body. Um, I think it's dumb. Um, but I, I also think there are consequences to those actions and I'm kind of glad that, um, they, they went through with it. You know what I mean? They went thought, through with it. So I love that he's planning to sue as if that's going to go anywhere. Which, yeah. Um, yeah. Let me, let me sue the, the ruling Washington too. Like, it's just not going to work out for him. Um, Tyler, one last piece of quick hits before we move on. The American athletics conference is expanding. There are six yeah. teams that are being added. Of those teams, you have Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, UAB, and my beloved Owls of Florida Atlantic University. Good sir. Can I please get a round of applause, please? Please, good sir. Hoot, hoot. Hoot, hoot, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Those six teams that are all from Conference USA – would then make up a be part of a 14 team American conference in football and basketball. They have said that they would be joining at 2023 at the earliest. Um, and that depends on what UCF Houston and Cincinnati's departure from the conference is going to look like. So, you know, if they leave early, then maybe they can find a way to get some finances to pay out. Um, this is essentially killing conference USA. If we're being honest. Oh no, this is, this is a death sentence. Conference USA. Oh yeah. This is, this is six of their 12, this is six of their 12 teams. I believe it's, it's cool. Yeah, it's half their schools. Conference USA, in order to survive, is going to need to either pull up uh, schools. <laughs> Honestly, merge them with. We'll see what, what happens to them. But uh, I think this is a great move for those six institutions. Um, if I was the American, I may have gone after a few different schools. Um, I don't know if I would have taken Rice. I know academically they're good, and they're in the city of Houston. Um, I don't know if I would have taken North Texas. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm a, fan of Will, I'm a fan of Will Healy. I don't know if I'm a fan of Charlotte as an institution, as an athletic department. Yeah, um, that's – that's, so. and that's – do you – Will Healy going to be there when that happens? No. Like, no, um, I don't think so either. Now, it is a matter of Charlotte's – you know, Charlotte's relatively new on the scene in, in regards to college football. So, there's a lot of – there's potential there. Rice and North Texas aren't new. So, I mean, it'd be, it'd be more of a geographical play than anything else. Um, but so, you get another team in Texas because you already have so many teams. And I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where maybe those teams just those schools just really wanted to join and it was like pennies to do so. So um, that's what happened. Who knows? Who knows? I think they're going a bit more for markets, which, as we saw from the last time around, isn't the smartest thing to do. Um, I read a great thing um, by Bill Barnwell. Uh, He's a writer at ESPN. He's the one that does the SP plus um, metric saying that last time this happened, the American went after not the American, I'm sorry, Conference USA went after markets and Sunbelt, I believe. Yeah, and the Sunbelt just went after good football programs and it turned out to work out better for the Sunbelt. So I'm interested to see if the American is able to kind of just 
put these programs together. It's going to be exciting to see like FAU take on Memphis and, um, you know, go to Temple um, and still keep all a lot of these fun programs together. What about so, their FIU rivalry? What's the, what's going to happen there? I think it's going to be the same as the UCF USF rivalry where they're no, going to try to schedule. Yeah, I don't and care if they don't, that. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. But that's a similar um, philosophy and stuff like that. So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens to yeah. the Shulable. Yeah. All right, Tyler. We'll have to see. Moving on to um, the sad part of the episode for us, at least. LSU 49, Florida 42. Um, do you want to start with Dan Mullen, Todd Grantham? Which one do you want to start with, offense or defense? Um, let's start with let's start with defense because honestly, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple mm-hmm. review of what happened with the defense. Uh-huh. Um, Todd Grantham reverted to his 2020 self, um, and LSU ran like the exact same play like 12 times. Oh, honestly, like 60 times, they were running the same thing. They were they were running the ball because that not even really because it was working, I think, because mm-hmm. they had only practiced that. Like they had well, practiced when, a when you enter playbook. when you enter being one of the worst rushing offenses in the country, I understand that the expectation is to play a bit more pass coverage. But when you're running the same play 13, 14 times, you would think that there would be a defensive adjustment made, right? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There was nothing made. It's, it is, honestly, it's a wor- it's worse performance than any of the twenty twenty games because like this, I know this defense from a personnel standpoint is like can match up, can stop the run, and they there's didn't. talent on this defense. They, they just didn't. I don't know, like what happened, Todd, Todd Grantham. What are you doing? And I like. You can't even run the same play 60 times in NCAA football 14. The computer will stop you. Absolutely. The computer They'll will make figure it out. Like they will, the computer will make an adjustment. Like you can't even actually do that. Like mm-hmm. I, I just oh, – so there they were like several drives where Max Johnson, the LSU quarterback, was genuinely like not even a factor. He may right. as well not have been in the game. Because there was that one, there was that one touchdown drive where they ran every single play, with the exception of the play action at the goal line to score the touchdown. Yep, on the fourth and goal. Which you know what? Good credit for him. He should have made that play. That was a great Mm -hmm. play. And it's just that was the frustrating part because I just need to switch over to the Dan Mullen side. Like Florida, there was a definite momentum shift on the offense for Florida. Something Mm -hmm. was found. Something incredible to watch. And something definite. And it didn't matter. It, it, Todd Grantham made it not matter. And, and ultimately, I, I know that that is Todd Grantham's fault in like first and foremost, but it falls on Dan Mullen too. Oh, absolutely. It 100% falls on Dan Mullen. Like, you because, get, because like you said, the offense was clicking at certain times. I thought Emery played a decent game. I didn't think he was horrible. Um, yeah. I thought he played a pretty decent game. The pseudo Hail Mary at the end of the first half was a pretty good throw. Like he put it yeah. kind of where he needed to have it. Justin Shorter made a fantastic grab, but like he put it where it needed to you be. To and then when Emery, Hail, you also have to try to play Hail Mary coverage that bad. You have to, you true. have to try. Like, that's true. And, and then when Anthony Richardson went in the game, we saw, okay, cool. He's now comfortable with the playbook. He can go in and he can do these things. I've said it multiple times before. I will criticize Mullen, but the one thing that I will have probably too much Mullen-like patience in this situation will be in his development of quarterbacks. I trust him to be able to know when to give a certain player more, when to pull back a bit less. It's the tough thing where he – it's like Mullen, I think, if you could get paid head coach level 
just to be an offensive coordinator and, and like get the head coach respect to be an offensive coordinator. That's what he would do, mm-hmm. I think. Right. But because it, it's the tough thing where I'm like, there are many Florida fans who are just like, just straight up starting new. And I might be a bit of an overreaction, I think. Um, but it is a bit of an overreaction. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where this loss, losing to this LSU team, because you start the wrong quarterback, but then even then your defense, which we all told you to fire this guy after last year, mm-hmm. and you didn't. And it turns out it cost you again to a team you should not have lost to. You are better than. Like, right. That, like, it's becoming an, it's becoming a consistent problem. This is becoming who Dan Mullen is, and that's a problem. But it's one of those things where, like, I do caution people just a little bit. I'm like, do you think Anthony Richardson is going to be this good with another person calling the plays? No, right. I don't know. I mean, I mean, other than that, Billy Napier could come in here just hypothetically. And, you know, Levi Lewis is a great quarterback under Billy Napier at Louisiana. And Anthony Richardson is sure as hell more talented than him. Like, and so you don't, you don't know, but like it's, this is becoming losing these type of games because of, stubbornness and I'll kind of say arrogance from Dan Mullen's side in preparation is not, is not becoming, it's becoming a feature, not a bug in the system. It's just becoming yes. a part of Dan Mullen's coaching tenure, a coaching tenure that looks so bright in the first two years. In the first two years, it looked like with a couple things going the right way, he was on track to get to the Spurrier urban level of, mm-hmm. and now he's looking similarly like a prettier version of Will McWayne and Muschamp right now. That's what the results mm-hmm. are telling you in this world. Like, yeah, we score points, but we are losing the same games that we lost with them. Right. Think like games we shouldn't lose. We're losing so, we're losing in a prettier fashion. Yeah, we're losing in a prettier fashion. And that's the thing. I want to go back in time. We all said back in McElwain and Muschamp games that we would be we would willingly be a bad team if we could lose it 49 to 42. Like, Very we true. We did say that. And so I want to give credit to that, but we're past that point. Like, but um, I, I also I also think though that that statement was made without the foresight of hey these next two years are actually going to be really good in terms of developing the program as a whole, and rather than kind of continually taking steps forward, we're taking we're taking a, a, a step steps backwards, forward, and now we're right. taking steps back. Like that's the thing is that's. Dan Mullen's success was very was really great. He had really good success his first two years, and then something happened in his third year where the team was so good in one area, and due to decisions and just the way things fell, things fell back in the other direction, and they've not they've not corrected themselves. Um, Dan and it's Mullen even lost, in the way Dan he lost to a coach that was already fired. Yeah, no, literally, literally like, lost to a coach that's already he fired. Now lost three in a row against Coach O, right? One of which, in my opinion, is excusable. And and the thing there is, um, yeah, exactly the the twenty nineteen the twenty nineteen game yeah. against LSU completely right. excusable. We also almost we almost tied them in that game. We almost won that game. Well, we said that if if we had a, it was similar to the Alabama game um, that same year, where if we just I'm sorry the Alabama game last year in the title game, um, where if we just had a little bit more time, we probably could have scored and and taken it a bit further. Um, but I, I think there's a there's a difference in Mullen, not only in just the results, but also in just the way that he's kind of addressing the culture with the team. Where the first couple of years, it was very much like you want you got to win. There's the famous quote of "You want to go do stadiums, I'll beat your ass. You want to go, you want to you want to thumb wrestle, you want to arm wrestle, I'll beat your ass. Like you want to have to compete." 
And yeah. now his demeanor is very He is different. the one who doesn't have that now. Exactly. It seems like the players themselves have that, but I don't I don't know if the coaching staff is on that same level. And and granted in terms of the coaching staff, I really just mean Mullen and Grantham. Um yeah. because like we've seen Billy Gonzalez. I really do. Like, I think so as well. I think we I think we can improve in recruiting, but as as always, it's a question of is Dan Mullen treating Florida like it's Mississippi State? Because it's not. It is not Mississippi State. No disrespect to them, but it is not Mississippi State. Yeah, and that's the ultimate question because it's a matter of when he was at Mississippi State, Dan Mullen ran it the way that – and it's. I, I want to continue to give Dan Mullen all the credit in the world. He's the best coach Mississippi State has ever had. He is the best coach in program history. He made them something that historically they're not, and they're, again, finding out that they're not – that it's very hard for them to be like that. And now – you know, when he came to a bigger job, you're like, okay, he has more access to talent. He'll be better. In a lot of ways, the off- his offenses here have been better than any of the ones at Mississippi State because of the talent that he's had, like statistically. And he's getting better quarterbacks. But the thought process was now he's at a big-time program, he'll be even better. And so far, he's been a little better. He's not – but he's he's – Running Florida like he ran Mississippi State, he's not running Mississippi State like he should run Florida, you know. And yeah, that, I agree. That, no, that, I agree. That's going to be a problem. Now, important to note for Florida, besides Georgia, the rest of the schedule is looking really easy. But yeah, here's the thing, yeah, though: Missouri, I mean, South Carolina, Stanford, Florida State. Even with how bad this team has been, that should be four wins. Mm-hmm. So it's very likely you can finish this season eight and four. Um. Which yeah. all, all of that to say, I think he'll get another year unless he decides to move on or tries to get a different job. Because I know I know that there's been rumors, and I think Dan Mullen, I think wants an NFL head coaching job. Well, he's not going to get one if if he's, well, he's not going to get one now. Right. Like, that's part of the thing that I think has been the shift is that last year I think he wanted to parlay last year's team, the best offense he's ever had, into an NFL head coaching job, and he fumbled the back at the end, and I think that is carrying over into this year. This is yeah. me speculating. This is like right, right, right. And Mullen could totally fix this again. All of it's be able to fixable, but so far from what he's done, he's not shown a willingness to do it. So mm-hmm. until it happens, it looks bleak. It's like what I talked about with change. The other I talked about in in weeks prior. The concept of change in college football is that change doesn't have to mean a change of leadership, like a change at the head coaching position. But often it does because head coaches are incapable of change. You know, right? M- change what needs to be changed doesn't have to mean Mullen needs to be fired. He can make those changes, but is he going to? And that's the thing where we haven't seen proof or evidence that he can make those changes because yeah. even when we look back at his tenure at Mississippi State, the only coordinators they've fired is Manny Diaz. In his yeah. over 10, 12, 13 year career as a head coach, he's only fired one coach. So, and, and, and the comments after the game where he's talking about, um, no, this game doesn't change my perspective of, um, this game doesn't change my perspective of Grantham. We're evaluating things every single day. Like that's such a cop out answer. Like he would hold, he, he would, he would have held his coordinators and his players to the fire two years ago. And I don't know what's changed to be honest. Maybe, maybe he's trying to just, he's just trying to get fired. So he gets that buyout money. Which, well, we have said before, the best job in the world is a fired SEC head that, coach. If that is secretly what's going on, Dan Mullen, not going to lie, I super applaud it. <laughs> Chess, um, not checkers. Like, I know it's my team and I hate it, but also, hey, like, just step, taking a step back, that fired coach money, 
he, he, you know, he, he wants to have, he wants to be fired so he can be offensive coordinator at Clemson and just make a million bucks. Um, Honestly, though, I think he's better suited for the NFL because he doesn't I, have to deal with the recruiting aspect of it. He talks I, a lot about yeah. having a work-life balance, and I think he can spend more time with his family and stuff like that. I, I think that's I, what I he's looking at. Something, and I know that Dan Mullen has, um, like, is better than a lot of head coaches at creating a work-life balance for his assistants, which is why Correct. a lot of the assistants that can find a way to work for him stay there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but there's, I an element, there's an element of it's been said great. And I, I do want to bring this up. This is probably the last thing we talk about, like before we have to move on, but mm-hmm. there's an element of is Florida willing? Are they okay with being a, a Michigan level program or do they want to be Ohio state? Like, are and, you okay and that's with the thing where and to 10 wins a season? Because like you could certainly do worse. And like, you know, Grass is always green on the other side. I don't want Florida to lose what it is in regards to being a perennial talented team that people want to go to. With Dan Mullen, you're probably going to get that. But do you want? Are you okay with that, or do you okay with being Jim Harbaugh's Michigan, where you'll always be close to title contention? But are you ever going to win it? Are you ever going to make it to the playoff, or do you, do you want to go win a national championship? Like, and the sad thing is that there is no in between there because of the way college football works nowadays. And I don't think that the, our fan base is uh, receptive to being a Michigan. I don't think so either. And I don't think they should be, honestly. Like, No, of course not. It's tough because like, you have to, from where we were, being Michigan would have been all we asked for. Mm-hmm. And, but now we're not there anymore. Now it's, it's very, and the thing again, that's frustrating is that it's very clear. The way Dan Mullen's tenure has gone is that the first two years were so good. And now he's taking steps back and that's not what you want to see. So exactly, exactly. So this this is a huge mark on Dan Nolan's resume and he, I mean, they're not going to, the only thing he can really do to fix it right now is to start Anthony Richardson against Georgia to make a change. And And even there, there was a report today that said that he hasn't committed to a quarterback yet, which honestly is probably gamesmanship in my opinion. I, I, I don't, I don't, I just, I just care about who trots out there. No, I, I don't care about I what agree. he says at this point because you're, you're you're playing your biggest rival. You got two weeks to prepare. You're not you're not going to tell the media anything. Like, of course, of course. I mean, they still want to win the game. Like, yeah, I know that the fans think the season is over, but the players don't. And if the coaches if, don't, I mean, if they found a way to beat Georgia, what would that do for his? I mean, it would. There'd be a lot of fans that would be like that would have him win him back over. But then there's a lot of people that'd be like, so you had the capability to do this all season, right? So. What you well, got? The, the, there's always there's always going to be detractors though. Like yeah. I think you can I think you can celebrate the Georgia victory, the potential Georgia victory, and also say, man, I wish we could have done better throughout the season. I mean, and be I hopeful for change just, in the future. I as a fan would just be happy about potentially ruining their season. Like that's all that would I would care about. That would be but, perfect for me. But I mean, and again, I don't think any of this is going to happen. But it's just a matter of you're already this season is already so down deep mm-hmm. for you, Dan Mullen, because you have messed it up. Right. Um, so there's a, hopefully you can pull it back out by the end and makes it, if you make some changes in the off season, I'm willing to see what the next year looks like, but I agree. Dan Mullen has to show signs that he wants to change something or mm-hmm. else as great of a head coach or as great as an offensive mind as he is and as much better we off we are now than I think we were before we hired him. And I don't want to do revisionist history. He was absolutely the right choice in that moment. Yes, I agree. In his hiring cycle, he was 10 out of 10, the right choice for us to make. It's just a matter of 
is he still the right choice? So mm-hmm. we'll see. No, great point. Great point. Um, all right, let's move on, Tyler. Let's go to notable games from last week. We got Clemson 17, Syracuse 14. That game was on Friday night. Um, Clemson's rushing offense looks non-existent. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's insane. And they have – so, again, they have talented wide receivers and occasionally DJ. They don't have a consistent passing offense. They are mm-hmm. capable of making explosive plays or just clutch plays. Right. here and there because they have the talent to do it and dj has like as a talented arm he's still learning that the rushing offense is not there now granted they're so hit with injuries like mm-hmm. yeah they and are. it's just yeah it's funny though because on top of all of this clemson's defense is still spectacular like and that's the thing where it's it's the problem is on one half one side of the ball Defense is still great. Brett Venables is proving that he deserves to be the highest paid coordinator in the country. Like he's doing a great job sure. over there. And so. also, Dino Babers, coach is scared, man. What are you doing? I know. You playing for I a know. field goal that you miss? Which not everyone is built in that aggressive mentality, but I think you need to in order to be able to succeed nowadays. I don't know. Also, this game it's was sad. confusing to watch because because of the uniforms. Yeah, we, I saw the I saw the extended watch. highlights for here, and it was like, oh my gosh, who's who's doing what? <laughs> um, all right, moving on to Saturday, Purdue twenty four, Iowa seven. Listen, what we did we said, say? What did we say? We were just a week early. That's all it was. We were just a few weeks early. I was criticized in the group chat for not entertaining an Iowa playoff appearance, and then what happened? Look at you. Look at God. Look at God looking out for you, Tyler. Also incredible. Shout out Purdue. Oh, yeah, no, that's the thing. Purdue's quarterback, whose name is escaping me right now, turned into turned into Drew Brees. If we're talking about Purdue quarterbacks. Like he was throwing all over. I think he was like 36 for 45 or something, had close to 400 yards, two touchdowns. Looked good. Did a great job of moving it on that really good Iowa defense. Like Iowa's defense is not a scrub defense. I thought they were the second, maybe third best defense in the country behind Georgia and Clemson, but Oh my gosh! Did they do a great job of uh, of throwing and scoring on that defense? Jeff Brom saving his job a little bit is uh, not that I think yeah. he was in danger, but like it was definitely one of those things where it's just like, all right, Jeff Brom's kind of good, but like Purdue keeps being Purdue, and they've mm-hmm. been they've they're really good this year. Looking like right, and I still think he should have gone to Louisville when he had the chance. I don't disagree. Moving forward, Michigan State twenty, Indiana fifteen. I just like this because. It's showing that Mel Tucker's just winning football games in any way he can. Mm-hmm. This team is doing fantastic. That a Heisman running back, uh, Heisman caliber running back. Um, they're moving the ball well. The defense is playing tough, hard nosed football. It, it, it's just so much fun. I can't wait for Michigan State to just crash the big, the Big Ten uh, East party. Um, they're undefeated. Michigan's still undefeated. Um, it, it's going to look good. Those are the two, the top two teams. Is- I think they play the week, the next. Not this week, but next week, I think, I believe. We'll sure. see how it goes. We're getting, we're getting down to it. The season is going by really fast. So, oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. We're getting down to it. I'm excited. Um, Utah 35, Arizona State 21. Tyler, you're the, Pac, you're the Pac-12 type of guy. How uh, was this game? Utah, Arizona State came out looking really good early, and um, Utah kicked their butt in the second half. Oh, yeah. You just got, Utah scored 28 of their points in the second half. Um this was a this was a game where Utah just kicked it in late and just started blowing them off the ball late in the game, and it was a matter of resiliency. Um, I so think it's important good, to note that not only Utah. not only did Utah score those twenty eight points in the second half, uh, they were unanswered. Arizona State had twenty one points at halftime, so 
they Oof, were able that's to. Not great. That's not great. No. Hey, um, Utah best uh, best program in the Pac-12 South? Question mark. We'll see. Nope, there ain't no question mark about it, buddy. There, yeah, well, it's not saying much either, though. Oh, uh, yeah, Baylor, for sure. <laughs> Baylor 38, BYU 24. Baylor looking good, my friend. Baylor's Defensively good. looking well. They're able to contain BYU pretty much, pretty well. I mean, still 24 you know, points. That is another thing. They could LSU could bring Dave Aranda back. Ooh. Just because Ooh. of his history there and the people there. Now, I think Dave Aranda wants to do wants to get to the NFL at some point. Like okay, um, because just because he's a defensive coordinator minded guy, and I mm-hmm. think I don't know, but I'm thinking he they're looking good this year. They're so looking if Dave Aranda if Dave Aranda wants to get to the NFL, what's the better route? Stay at Baylor a couple more years and then jump from there, or go to LSU and try to take on this rebuilding project? I think I think stay. I think he's going the Matt Rule route. I think he stays at Baylor. I agree. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. I just I don't think going to if you go to LSU, it's gonna be you're you're gonna get caught up in the wind of the college football recruiting and the college mm-hmm. football race and the championship the high level. race. Yeah, and your 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 name's gonna become synonymous with college football. Your name is not gonna be a hot coaching candidate. Like, yeah, no. like, Matt Rule was great in co- in college, but it's like Matt Rule. It's like the whole thing with like oh, we're hiring. Hiring successful college coaches never works. And people forget that Matt Rule was a super successful college coach because he yeah. only did it for a couple of years and he had a good year at Baylor. Like, Right. Well, he went um, Temple to Baylor to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And it was just like, when was the last time a college work coach worked out in the NFL? And I'm like, we got like several in. in yeah. But like you don't think they're college coaches because they didn't mm-hmm. coach at one of the like – eight schools that you think about when you're in the NFL. I think, I think people are jaded with Steve Spurrier with Washington oh, yeah. in the 2000s. And then people just forget that Pete Carroll was the architect behind, you know, one of the greatest dynasties in college football history. Every single time they're like, when was the last time a college coach worked in the NFL? It was like freaking, you know, it was Jimmy Johnson. I'm like, Pete Carroll won a freaking Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yep. Whatever, never mind. Um, <laughs> All right. Quickly through the next ones, Minnesota 30, Nebraska 23. This is just, is Nebraska going bowling? Because it no. seems like Nebraska plays good football when they're during the game and then just finds a way to, no pun intended, fumble the bag at no, the end of each game bowling. and they lose. You can't mean they're not going bowling. Like, it's insane. Not because they're bad, just because they keep losing, which is a right. weird statement. But like, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, speaking of freshman quarterbacks making their first start, um, Oklahoma 52, TCU 31. Um, I'd like to shout out The Daily, the Oklahoma student newspaper that reported earlier in the week that Caleb um, Williams. Well, I was going to say Thompson. Thank you very much. That Caleb Williams um, was getting his first career start. Um, he took binoculars to a quote unquote public building. I don't know what that means, where you could see the practice facility and notice that it was Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Williams, Williams was the one taking the first team starter reps. Um, I feel bad for Spencer Rattler. Every time you see him on the sideline, he looks like an eight-year-old who just got his toys taken away. Um, it's uh, He's definitely going to be transferring. He wasn't doing but, anything with those toys. Nah, he wasn't, doing, he wasn't doing anything with... He was actually deciding to throw to his other friend's toys, which is ironic. He yeah. did that a lot too. Um, so um, this was a... Kate, listen, this is a good game from, from him, Williams, I think. They looked explosive. Listen, I mean, also, I mean, I mean, TCU scored 31 points. So, I mean, they didn't, it's, it was like, it was never close, but right. still got that defense per question. 
just nagging at you. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um North North Carolina, excuse me, North Carolina 45, Miami 42. Um yeah, North Carolina took care of business. Miami's kind of in shambles right now. Um it's very difficult to I didn't even put into words. This game happened. Like I didn't like <laughs> So this is a game that they've they've been talking about on on like Miami Sports Radio. I've been doing it on the, in the mornings when I go to the gym. I've been listening to it, and it the narrative is very much give the young guys a chance. If we're gonna fail, let's fail with the young guys and not with the guys that we've been failing with for a couple of years. Um, and I'm waiting for the Manny Diaz um, is fired news article to just drop out. I don't I I don't expect it because of what's happening um, with that administration and reporting that's happened where they're kind of not really worried about athletics. Um, but um, yeah, listen, uh, I, I, I want to credit the media as well for this victory, this North Carolina victory. Uh, so proud of the media for, uh, for winning this game for the Tar Heels really means a lot to the media. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, that's the last game of notable games. I did put here. FSU did beat the bye week 17 to nothing. No injuries reported. None of that. So uh, we always kind of end with FSU on notable games just for fun. So they did oh, yeah. beat the bye week. Tyler, let's move forward to five wide. Uh, Oklahoma State 32, Texas 24. We both picked Texas, and boy, were we wrong. They every were run all over. Freaking time. Like, every time. I'm like, yeah, but Oklahoma State won't win this one. Like, <laughs> And then they win. And they do it. Stupid. Yeah, they uh, – yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say it, it paired with the next game. I think we can do both of these at the same time because Auburn scored 38 points on Arkansas, who scored 23. They beat them as well. Those are both games that I was very confident in Texas and Arkansas. And good Bo Nix was like, guys, I'm not leaving. I showed up this year. Is, I'm staying. He continues to show up. It, Auburn's offense looks functional. Like It does. It looks good. It he had Heath connected on several deep passes. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, and also on Texas' side, Texas got just completely run over in the, in the second half. Like, well, that's the thing it, where Texas it was Texas's a really problem. competitive game, and then it stops being a competitive game. Texas is doing this thing where they're showing up for probably about half of a game, and you don't know which half it's going to be. And for Texas fans, I hope it's a second half because you have a better chance of winning if it's in the second half than it is in the first half. Um, and then with Arkansas, listen, like you said, Auburn kind of beat them deep a couple of times. Bo Nix was doing his thing. Um, and Arkansas is kind of coming back to earth. You know, we don't, I don't think they're a bad football team at all. Um, but it is very clear that it's Ole Miss is the second best team in that division. If Auburn keeps speaking this way, it's going to be fun um, around Thanksgiving time to see what, oh, uh, what happens at the Iron Bowl. I'm not saying that Auburn's going to win, but I'm just, yeah. all I want is that I want an entertaining hey, football game. I saw it said on Twitter by Spencer Hall where it was just like the only thing funnier than Bonix having beaten Alabama once would Bonix have beat Alabama twice. <laughs> It would be incredible. It would be incredible. Um, I guess maybe if he beats him twice, then that means that the the Gus Malzahn powers stayed with Bo Nix when he left to UCF. Maybe. maybe. So they they got to keep one constant in that little well, building. Bo Nix you know? is only a junior, and he ain't declaring for the draft. So like, He should not declare for the draft, and I think his – He's Auburn, got a chance to go 3-1. and one. <laughs> Listen, as much as um, as much as we said that we didn't know if this Brian Harson hire was going to work out in the SEC, if there's one thing the man can do, it's develop quarterbacks, and it looks like he's doing that pretty well. So yeah, 
All right, so those are those two games. We both picked Texas and Arkansas, and neither of us got the points. Uh, Kentucky 13, Georgia 30. We both picked Georgia. We both get the points. There's not much to talk about here. It went exactly how we thought it was going to go. Stetson Bennett played well, and I continue to wonder, can Stetson Bennett win you a national championship? No. NC State We're 33. <laughs> we will find out. No, I think I think when it comes down to it, I think uh, JT Daniels is going to push through whatever it is that he has. Or I don't know, man. Maybe they just kind of roll with Stetson Bennett. It's just it's it's tough because you sit there and you look at is it's basically is Alabama going to beat them in this championship? Because it's going to be hard for me to see other teams in the other conferences winning, beating them in the playoff. I could see Ohio State doing it just because they have the offense, but. We'll see. Right, exactly. Exactly. No, 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 that was just it. We both picked Georgia, so we both get the points there. Um, yeah. Next up, we have NC State 33, Boston College 7. Tyler, I don't know why you picked Boston College. I told you that Phil Dracovich was out for the season. I got the point there. You did not. Is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners in an apology format, in a way that you want to kind of admit that you were wrong? Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll leave you with the stage. No. <laughs> Well put. I'm so happy with that. <laughs> Ole Miss 31, Tennessee 26. We both picked Ole Miss on this one, but the story here is that um, Tennessee so fans go golfing. <laughs> Tennessee fans go golfing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know they were, they were all golfing. anyone from Tennessee ever talks about. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's a sport where they don't have to be reminded that Peyton Manning never beat Florida. Um, oh, pow, pow, pow. I don't know how that has anything to do with it, but I wanted to fit that dig in there. Um, As you should. As you should. Um, Tennessee played pretty well in this game comparatively, um, but Ole Miss is a better team. Ole Miss was dealing with a lot of injuries in this game. Like Players were getting injured in the game. Matt Corral did not look great at the end um, in regards to his physical health. Um, But I will say that uh, good on Ole Miss – keeping it together. Um, Tennessee's defense played both better and not as well as I thought, you know, they would. Um, and Tennessee's offense was playing relatively well. Although Hendon Hooker, what are you doing? Like, last I don't play, understand. I don't understand it. I, la- I last I don't game, get it. it runs out of bounds. Like, I don't know. Time has already expired. The time expired during the play. You have to do something here. And you, you, you run out of bounds. Like, um, I mean, listen, uh, Tennessee as a whole this weekend really, really decided to want to throw at people. Just seems like he was trying to throw at the other team sometimes throughout this game. Um, and like you said, how do you run out of bounds in the last play of the game? I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's Tennessee played pretty well, and I think a lot of it had to do with the atmosphere because there's a lot of excitement. But um, Ole Miss is still better, right? And, you know, good for I Lane agree. Kiffin for getting back to Knoxville and getting that win. He That's deserved gotta it. Feel good. He deserved it. I, I want to ask you a question too, Tyler. Have you ever brought a mustard bottle into an NFL state into a college football stadium before? No, I haven't. And the best part about it is that I mean, you know, that thing is filled with moonshine. But like, my question is. As a way to smuggle something into a game, why is a mustard bottle your go-to? Like, I just even like if you're trying to do something like conspicuous where it won't get noticed. If I'm security and I see a mustard bottle, I'm gonna notice. Like, how was that? Like, oh, what do you got here? Oh, it's just my mustard. It's like, I don't know, dude. 
It's I don't. Tr- I don't try to but, understand you know, Tennessee. Some some app, some person is going to have a golf ball in their pocket. It's freaking. It's the SEC. Like yeah, um, yeah. Like that. That happens. Now, did they bring it specifically so they could throw it at somebody? Honestly, I I would believe it from Tennessee. I like, I think it, I think since it was directed at Lane Kiffin, I think that was something that was on purpose. Yeah, I don't. Maybe somebody just swiped the mustard bottle from one of the concession stands and just had it for some but, but, reason. But then Neyland Stadium, you just have like random mustard bottles sitting out there. You don't have the little generic like mass squeeze thing that stadium, every stadium right? I, has. I don't know. Like, oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't understand them. Dennis, you deserve um, to lose with the way that that happened. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we're going to move forward to the two-point conversions. I picked Pitt. Over Virginia Tech, twenty-eight to seven. I get those two points. Um, and Tyler, you uh, picked Washington State, thirty-four. Um, I'm no, sorry, I picked, I picked Stanford. You picked Stanford, Stanford. one, Washington State, thirty-four. A reminder and, that Nikolovich just got fired um, right. after he won a game. And Stanford played really well at the start. Then they just confumbled it. Washington State scored like I think like twenty straight, and then. Stanford climbed back, had the lead, and at the very last second, Washington State wins. And I feel robbed. I feel cheated. I feel it's just because he got fired like the next day. Like I, I feel I was robbed of points. I'm not like now. This is this is what Stanford gets for beating a top five team in overtime. <laughs> they get to beat, get beat in the last drive of the game. The pendulum will swing, Tyler. The pendulum will swing. Stanford has not beaten Washington State in five years. I know. There insane. have been two senior classes that have never beaten Washington State. That's actually insane to me. Um, but again, like Stanford was fine. And it it, it, it is funny because uh, I saw something funny where it was just like an Oregon fan was like, no, Stanford, I needed you to win this. And Stanford's like, we told you we'd ruin your season. Like, <laughs> um, We ruined your season by beating you and then losing. Um, aren't you glad you went on this roller coaster instead of picking what you were going to originally pick with them? Not super because it ended pretty much the same way. <laughs> Washington barely lost to UCLA. And like mm-hmm. while this game was happening in the period that – because Stanford, like I said, got to a really early lead, then like mm-hmm. gave up like 20-something straight points and were right. down. And, mm-hmm. I, and while that was happening, Washington was leading UCLA. And I was like, if I had the right pick and then made the wrong pick, I'll be so upset with myself. Yeah, and they both 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 the teams I would have picked ended up losing, so it didn't matter. It's just not. My it year. is what it is it's at that point, year. Tyler. Um, all right, so the point score to date, I have thirty six. Tyler has twenty four. Tyler, good lord, may the, may the good lord help you. I don't think you've led it all this season, dude. Oh, I did. No, I led in the first like two weeks. Oh, okay. Well, I guess and I've been up for I so long that I forgot. I haven't let sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Tyler, listen, that's it for the recap section of the um, of the podcast. We're going to take a short break. We're going to be back with the preview section of the podcast. We'll talk a little bit about the AP poll. Um, a certain team is number two in the country. Um, we'll talk about mm-hmm. them. Florida's on a bye week, so we will go straight into our five wide and our two-point conversion. So we will see you on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Sideline Judgment. Thank you for bearing with us with that short break that we had. Um, we're going to go into the preview section of this podcast. Tyler, the AP Top 25 is out. There are 24 positions that do not matter. There is only – let me let – me, you know what? Let me take it back. Let me take it back. There are 23 positions that do not matter. 
The only two that matter are the fact that UTSA is ranked 24th at 7-0. and Welcome to the nice. top 25, UTSA. And the other one that matters is the number two team in the country, my adopted Cincinnati Bearcats for this season. How does it feel, Tyler, All to be friends fickle. with someone that was so down and stubborn about Cincinnati to have him finally be repaid for his efforts? How does it feel it, to be friends with that? How does it feel to be friends with that person? Absolutely. Yeah, um, for sure. I feel very happy for your happiness. Thank like, you very much. Uh, it, it's genu- It's heartwarming. To mm-hmm. get to see your friend, your best friend, smile ear to ear, genuinely, because something made their day. So I'm I'm glad that we had that. Um, right, exactly, exactly. I think, um, you know, I've never been happier for a team that I have z- literally zero attachment to ever. Like I don't have any attachment to Cincinnati. I frankly, to be honest, don't care I have what more happens. Than you. I have a friend that goes to med school there. Like I have a friend from high school that played on the Cincinnati team. Um, he played defensive back for the Bearcats in like when I was going to college. So, you know, the must champ, uh, McElwain era, those years kind of thing. So, um, just wanted to give them their shout outs. Um, I know that that friend, um, has been texting me recently, uh, cause I've been publicly talking about Cincinnati and he's like, Hey man, we appreciate it. This and that, whatever. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're welcome. my dude. You're welcome. Of course. Um, I, I also did a kind of a victory lap. I'm going to plug here another podcast. I did a victory lap on tailgaters, which is, um, a podcast that is hosted by my friend Kevin Borba. I am a permanent guest on there for legal reasons. I am the permanent guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I also talked about it. You can't be host two different podcasts, buddy. I, absolutely not. I, I am loyal to sideline judgment first and foremost, as we all know. So yeah. um, I am I am but a we, I am but a mere guest on that other podcast. So <laughs> uh, you can find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, by the way, if you want to listen to my friend Kevin and myself. Uh, Tyler, let's – okay, realistically, the top 25 – it pretty much to stay the same for the most part um i've kind of gotten to the point where i don't care as much except for cincinnati where i don't care um i just want the playoff one to come out you know yeah so when the playoff comes together we'll probably list it all because now you're just kind of shuffling until that happens exactly um, we'll, we'll go in depth when we get to the playoffs what matters part. is florida has a chance to make cincinnati number one in two weeks oh <gasps> It's oh, down to us. I didn't even, that didn't even click in my brain until just it's down now. To us. It's our responsibility. What if Cincinnati, what if we beat Georgia and Cincinnati is not only the number one team in the AP pool, but a Mississippi State 2014 situation happens where the Cincinnati only, is the number one team in the country? The only thing I would caution is that that would almost for sure curse them. Would you? I think like, we've said it before. No team that has started as the number one I don't overall seed. Win it. Like, I don't think any of them win it. So honestly, but a win for Cincinnati is making the playoff. That yeah, is a so, win for Cincinnati. So um, anyway, right, Tyler, yeah. There's no Gator game this week. Um, that is honestly, both good and bad. Honestly, I'm okay with that. I was going to say it's it's good and bad. Good because we don't have to worry about a game this weekend. Bad because I have to wallow in the lsu loss and panic about georgia for that much longer um and my cousin Vinny, the lsu fan by the way is going to be in town this coming sunday so i'm going to be having dinner with him no but it's okay we're we, like we're very blunt with each other he knows how i feel i we text all the time and so it's not gonna be much of a rubbing in your face but it's definitely going to be a yeah oh, how about that game last forget <laughs> I thought, yeah i thought there'd be another game hopefully where i could we could talk about the most recent games but no not not happening um, well, Tyler, you know, LSU's go. probably going to lose to Ole Miss this week, so 
Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's go to five wide real quick. Let's let's finish this episode off strong. Um, as we discussed before we recorded, um, I don't want to say weeks late of games, but definitely not a heavy hitter of games. I mean, we're going to watch them. Weaker slate. Still got some good stuff in. Exactly. And we start on Friday night, Tyler, with Memphis taking on UCF at the bounce house, 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN2. Um, I go first. I'll probably be watching this game with my UCF friend, Matthew, and um, my girlfriend, Alexa. Those are two people that have an emotional attachment to to UCF. So I have an emotional attachment to those people who have an emotional attachment to UCF. the bit's never going to die, Tyler. So don't roll your eyes. Come on. No, it's never going to die. All that's, these words just to say you like UCF. That's just, yeah, all these words. All these words to say I'll be taking UCF over Memphis because um, I love my friend Matt and I'm very appreciative of being over at his house and you know him hosting us. So uh, no, but honestly, um, UCF is rolling out a secondary, a, a backup quarterback because DJ Gar- um, Dylan Gabriel, excuse me. Um, Dylan Gabriel has been out with that cl- clavicle that has been bothering him since the navy game um i like what i've seen from the backup whose name is escaping me um and this like screams friday night gus malzahn putting on a show in national television um but then you know two weeks ago they like lose to navy or something like that so <laughs> it, this is i think this is the upswing of the gus malzahn okay. roller coaster uh, so i'll take ucf i think ucf is very capable of winning this game for the ability to go separate and because i need i need points i'm gonna go memphis because at memphis i really loved what i saw when they played navy um, mm-hmm. there was a period where Navy straight up did 21 plays, score a touchdown, and then Memphis scored a touchdown on the next play. <laughs> okay, um, but in, 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 that's, I mean, that's in, the way Navy games go. Exactly. Like, I was going to say, in the defense of Navy, that's kind of the MO. Thing. I was on the, I was at the gym and I watched it happen. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I really like Memphis as a freshman quarterback that has been playing relatively well. I like their system. So I think. I'm going to go with Memphis just to get some different stuff up in here. And I immediately well, you regret need to catch it. Up, now my guy. I, I immediately regret it now that I've said it, but like I, I, I got to start swinging for the fences. I can't be playing Okay, but this is, this is a much better pick than last week's Boston Four College. Four every play. Four verts every play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down 28 at halftime. Forget it. We're just going to go with it. We're not running the ball. We ain't running the ball. No, the game. we ain't running the ball. Um, all right, Tyler. Next game we have we have Wisconsin at number twenty five Purdue. That's a three o'clock kick on the Big Ten Network. This is now Saturday. You get to pick first. Who do you want? Okay, so I so deeply feel that Wisconsin is going to ruin Purdue's thing, and I don't want to believe that. Like I real, I genuinely uh-huh. like I want, I want Purdue to win this game, and I'm I'm trying to figure out my feelings about it right now as I'm talking about it because like. Uh-huh. Like I want, I want to pick Purdue so bad. I really do, and I think they're better. Mm-hmm. But this screams what Purdue just did to Iowa. This screams what Wisconsin might do to Purdue. Like right, right. So uh, I'm gonna go with my head. I'm gonna pick Wisconsin. I can't believe I just did it. Okay, that's fine. I was gonna pick Wisconsin. But I think for the sake of content for the rest of the season, I can't believe you put me in this situation, Tyler. <laughs> But I'm going to have to just pick opposite of you for the rest of the season until you get within like a one possession game. 
So, or you just start blowing me out. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm definitely on NCAA. I'm up 35 in the natty, and I want to make it a little close. So I'm just going to let you score until it's a 14-point game, and then <laughs> I'll take care of it. second team defense in. I'll put the second team defense in. So for that reason alone, I'm going to go with Purdue. Although I was going to pick Wisconsin for the same reasons that you picked Wisconsin, because I do feel like this is one of those, oh, the Big Ten is just like a crapshoot. So we're just going to let it happen yeah. and, and pick the team. So I, I will take Purdue solely for content reasons. Okay. Next up, we got Clemson at Pitt. It is a 3.30 game on ESPN. Um, this arguably could send Pitt not right immediately, but could set Pitt to the ACC championship game if all goes well. Um, if there is ever a Pitt game where Pitt could pit more, I don't think Pitt could pit any more than how they will pit in this game. Um, and that means that the chaos will be in full effect. I think that Clemson will come in, even though Pitt is, I think, is the three-point favorite at this point. Um, I want the craziness. I want the insanity of Pitt winning a football game against Clemson. And then celebrating about it, even though this is definitely not the Clemson team from years past. So I want Pitt. I will be taking Pitt. Tyler, who do you want? Uh, as much as I'd love to pick Clemson, Kenny Pickett's the GOAT. So I have to I have to go with Pitt. <laughs> Kenny Pickett is the GOAT. <laughs> I, I, I love this universe that we're in in the 43rd year of Kenny Pickett's quarterback career at, at, uh, at um, Kenny Pickett, notably at better pick quarterback than Dan Marino. These are just facts. We we don't make up the rules. We just follow them. This is what the algorithm has told us. We're definitely numbers, guys. If Dan guys. Marino could beat Clemson, you bet your ass Kenny Pickett can. Uh, honestly, I don't know if Dan Marino has ever beaten Clemson. I don't know if he played Clemson at that point in his career. Um, you know, so after this, I'm pretty sure, you know, Kenny Pickett 1-0 against Clemson. Not 1-0, but I'm, I'm a victory against Clemson. Right now. I'm looking Do it. Look it up. And um, as you do that, I will talk about the next game, Tyler, which is the number eight ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Heading to Ames, take on Iowa State. It's a 3.30 kickoff on Fox. A, a lot of good 3.30 games this week. Um, this game is a game that you will be picking first. So, Tyler, who do you want? Hmm, let's think, let's think, let's think, let's think, let's think, let's think. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, so, I've been picking against Oklahoma State all season. All season. And Iowa State, those are my boys. Those are, those are for content, those are my boys. But I continue to pick against Oklahoma State, and they continue to prove me wrong. And I want to get on the other side of it this time. So I think I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to win this game. I still think it's a very hollow number eight ranking. I really, like, I don't trust it. But um, I think... As much as I want Iowa State to win, I, I, I have to trust that like we keep picking against Oklahoma State and they keep winning. Maybe this will finally get them to lose, but I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State. Um I think I think that this is I think that this is a great decision, Tyler, on your part. I think Oklahoma State is a good football team. Um and I wanted to pick Oklahoma State. But again, for the content, solely for the content, I'm gonna have to go with Iowa State. But uh I would have picked Oklahoma State for that same reason that you mentioned. Um, I think eventually they're. We have to just start taking them seriously. I don't think we have to start taking them seriously enough to where they're going to win Red River, nah, not nah. Red River. I'm sorry, Bedlam. Um, but I do think it's going to be a fun matchup. You know, it'll be fun to it's see them fun lose game. to I'm Oklahoma to by 21. It. It'll be yeah, fun. It'll be fun to watch, to watch that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
Next up, Tyler, the final game in five wide, the number 10 ranked Oregon Ducks at UCLA. It is a 3.30 kickoff on ABC. I am going to go first here. This is tough. This is very tough because it's not that I think UCLA is the better football team here. It's that I think that given what happened against Stanford, given the scheme changes that were made to go up against um, Oregon by Stanford, I think this is something that UCLA can kind of learn from. Um, and oh man, this is tough, dude. It's yeah, at it the Rose Bowl, right? It's not. Yeah, UCLA is the home team. I th- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's all the right. Home well, team. It's I got I got oh, house it's money right down the street for me. Oh, oh, would you look at that? It's down the street for you. Would you look at that? Uh, I got house money. I'm gonna take UCLA. Gosh, hey, I wish you wouldn't have said that because <laughs> I want to take UCLA, and I still might just because I don't want to. Hmm. Just because picking Oregon is not something I super believe in. Like I could super, I could super imagine Oregon's defense just right. kicks it in, mm-hmm. and then and then they just uh, run all the way through UCLA's defense, just like right. run through it. Mm-hmm. But Oregon struggled with Cal last week. Who is this? Is not a good Cal team. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal has a pretty good defense, so that's fair. But like. I I gotta go to UCLA too. I, I I need I know I need to differentiate from you, but like I can't. I I think I would just lose. Like right, exactly. Um, and I like I think I think UCLA is gonna get them. Smart, smart. Wait, I, Oregon is the better team, but I think UCLA I is gonna get them. Better talent and all of that. Better talent and all of that. All right, two point conversion. Testing one two. One two three four five six seven eight nine ten. Perfect. All right, here we go. Three. Two, one. And finally, Tyler, we have our two-point conversion for the week. You go first, Tyler. What is your two-point conversion game for this week? I cannot believe I'm about to do this. Um, But I almost picked them last week. They've burned me many times before. They are not a good football team. But the Washington, the two and four Washington Huskies are going up against the zero and six Arizona Wildcats. Tyler, and Lord Almighty, if they don't win this game, I'm done with Washington forever. But I'm going to take Washington to beat the zero and six Arizona Wildcats. If they can't get me these two points, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just want to say that if this is the team. That ends up beating. That ends up giving Arizona their first win of the season. We might have to cancel the competition for the rest. We might. We might. I will forfeit. I will. I running clock. Running clock. Running clock. <laughs> <laughs> running clock. Oh my gosh. Um. All right, Tyler. Uh, what time is that game? By the way, I don't know what time that game uh, is. It is ten thirty Pacific on Friday night. On so Friday, ten thirty Eastern why. on Friday night, seven thirty Pacific on Friday. Oh, night. so you're going to go into college football Saturday, either being really depressed or just barely scraping by. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. There's no situation when you're extremely happy this week. I want you no, to know. That. There's no. I mean, I could go complete win as many games as possible, and I'll still be so far behind you. Which, um, <laughs> I love this. Um, okay, fine. You know what? Then for that sake. Uh, I am going to go with a Friday night game. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go with a Friday night game. I'm going to go with a Thursday night game, Tyler. Um, I am not going to be going with FAU Charlotte like you think I am. Um, I, I do like to. actually really surprising to me. I do like to uh, go with my FAU, my new American Conference FAU Owls, um, typically with two point. 
But instead, Tyler, I'm going to go with the best uniforms in college football to go into Dallas and take on the number 21 ranked SMU Mustangs and beat them on national television at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. It's the Tulane Green Wave to take on and beat SMU on the road on a Thursday night. How about that? I respect it because Tulane's not that good this year. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I I respect it because they do have the best uniforms still, so – and this is a this is definitely a I'm up by so much I can afford I'm to taking, take a flyer. I'm, yeah, I'm taking flyers. Like, yeah, I am. I'm gonna take a flyer this week. I'm gonna take a flyer this week. So I'm taking Tulane over SMU. Is it a smart choice? Absolutely not. Is it a fun choice? Oh, you bet it will be. Um, all right, Tyler. That that's it for uh, the week seven review. The week eight preview. Are we gonna be back to two episodes a week next week? That is up hopefully. to hopefully. That's up to the redacteds to see if. Uh, we can make that work. But if not, then we will for sure be putting out at least one episode next week. We will be reviewing and previewing. We may do some draft talk next week, a little yeah, mid-season QB. draft update. Just so much is – it's not like last year. So much has changed Absolutely. in the quarterback draft discussion as opposed to preseason oh, yes. that we requires talking. Because like last year was like – the only thing was like, hey, Mac Jones is good. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still it's – still, and like Justin – Zach Wilson's good. It was like, it's still Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we got, and then we ended up uh, getting like Devontae Smith winning the Heisman and, you know, um, having crazy situations on that end. But on the draft end, we had, you know, the consistent quarterback. Exactly what we thought it was overall. Right, right. But right, it's completely right, right. changed. Um, the I'll, only thing I'll, that changed last season was just some random crazy bias that I actually I can't pinpoint my finger on, but it's people thinking that Zach Wilson was better than um, Justin Fields. I don't know what it could have been, Tyler. I, I don't know. Do you have any idea? I don't know what it could have been. It's, I'm it's, not sure. Color me curious. Color, um, color me curious. Well put. Well put, Tyler. I love that. That was fantastic. Um, um, yeah. I know, listen, I know that I'm guilty of buying into the Zach Wilson hype as well, um, but I definitely didn't think that uh, Justin Fields – Matt Jones is better than Justin Fields. We're not going to acknowledge yeah. those statements. Um, th- there's people with prominent platforms that said that the best quarterback in the draft was going to be Kellen Mond, so everyone makes mistakes, I guess. Um We'll be back with some with some uh, drafts talk. Uh, you put me back some in dark place with that. I know, I know, for real. <laughs> Either way, um, quick, we, quick preview as it stands: Desmond Ritter, QB one. Oh, okay. I like this. I like this. It's not a deep class. It's not a very deep quarterback no, class. No, so it's not. <laughs> I can see why. Um, we'll be back next week with some draft talk. We'll be talking some college football as well. And um, yeah, Tyler, that's that's about it here. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, just uh, I'm I'm actually very happy we don't have a Gator game this week because I'll get to watch all the other games and I won't get stressed about it. Um, yeah, I've been trying to find ways to cut stress out in my life, and I've started the to realize are definitely one of them. <laughs> that like the Gators are at this moment the most prominent part of that. Like, because even oh. by the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars got their first win. It wasn't on American soil, but we, we did. Don't, we oh. don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> but it's like we don't. that. Even them, that those games. I'm like, I don't get stressed about Jaguars games. Like, yeah, I want us to win, but we suck. No, like, you're you supposed know? to lose for the Jags. Like, um, I get. I'm like, oh, the Gators are the most stressful part of my life right now. Who knew? <laughs> yeah anyone who knows me probably could have told me that <laughs> listen I'm, I'm a hockey guy so i actually don't know this what this nfl stuff you speak of tyler i'm not aware of what happens <laughs> with the local nfl team i know the panthers are three now 
That's what I know. <laughs> best team, best team in hockey. Florida's a hockey state. Notab- <laughs> Notable hockey state, Florida. Absolutely, absolutely. College fo- football. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. Um, all jokes aside, did you know that the Dolphins currently have a higher draft position than the Jaguars? And that means that the Dolphins don't actually have a draft position higher than the Jaguars because the Eagles have our draft pick. That's weird. I say our like I'm a Dolphin fan. I'm strictly a hockey person. I don't know why I'm referring to them that way. Um, with all of that being said, Tyler, we're going to sign off. Uh, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And uh, Tyler, we are not biased, but uh, go Gators. Go Gators. Go Panthers. <laughs> Go by week. <laughs>